I listen to Radio 7 daily because it's different from all the other radio stations in our country. The music and radio programs give me a lot of inner peace and have helped me practically with a few relationship problems I have had this year. I want to thank you for the program of Heralds of Hope. I am a Russian Orthodox believer, and though I've always had a Bible in my home, I never opened it. I always was told that only the priest can understand the Bible, and we do what we are told. Through the program of Heralds of Hope, I was encouraged to read the Bible for myself for the first time. This radio program has helped me a lot to understand the Gospels. I like that the teacher studies every chapter of the Gospel. Nothing is left out. I never thought that the Gospels had so much teachings about everyday life. I learned from the program how to forgive others, and since then, my relationships have improved greatly. Well, thanks for having us here this evening. Uh, we're excited to be here. I feel like I don't know most of you. I know a few. Uh, I serve with uh, Chris Stolzfus on the board for Shepherd's Cup, so we have some interaction that way. And uh, I know John Lewis and some of the laps here. Uh, I'm from Cornerstone Mennonite Church. My name's Austin Musser, and my wife Kara's with me here, and our son Keaton. And we're excited about uh, another one that we're expecting in January, Lord willing. One of the uh, things I do for Heralds of Hope is uh, some of the finance and IT work. And I enjoy my job. I work remotely as our uh, corporate or headquarters is out in uh, Harrisonville, which is close to SMBI and we live in Ephrata, so I'm thankful for the technology to be able to do most of my job there from, from home. So who is uh, Heralds of Hope? Our vision is we will use media to make disciples of Jesus Christ to accomplish the Great Commission in our lifetime. And maybe that seems like a lofty goal, but we believe that the Great Commission is achievable in our lifetime. We have technology and means to share the gospel that we've never had in prior centuries. And we believe that that's what God's calling us to as a ministry. Um, as far as media, we have different types of media, whether it's printed, radio, uh, Bible distribution. Our goal is 200 languages, and that is our radio broadcast, and 1 million Bibles uh, distributed by 2031. I thought I would share a little bit of our history. Uh, I was talking with John Lewis, and he mentioned that the founder of Heralds of Hope, which was J. Otis Yoder, uh, would have had an influential impact on uh, di different ones from this congregation with the Millwood Bible School. Uh, this is all, of course, before my time, so you could probably tell me more about J. Otis than I know. Uh, but I thought I would just go over some of our history. Uh, we were founded in 1967 by J. Otis. Uh, we opened our studio in Lancaster. Uh, Pennsylvania in 1968 
And our first uh, broadcast happened as well that year, and it was done with WDAC, which of course is right there in Lancaster. In 1973, we went international. Uh, Jay Otis Yoder was challenged by the director of Transworld Radio to take uh, the teaching and uh, think bigger than just here in the U.S. In 1978, we opened a new office in Harrisonville, which is where we're currently located. And then in 2003, Jay Otis handed the, the ministry to J. Mark Horst, uh, as, and he became the president and Bible teacher. Then in 2021, uh, Anthony High, our current director, uh, took over, and J. Mark is our Bible teacher. That is his uh, full-time role there. I thought I would just give a few pictures of history. We'll kind of go back in time. That was Jay Otis and his family, our uh, first Heralds of Hope board, and the office there in 1967. That building is still there in Strasburg area. Uh, it's a stove shop now, and it's barely distinguishable that, that, that it's the same building, but it is still standing. This was uh, WDAC, which we partnered with for our first broadcast. An old radio switchboard, and maybe some of you remember the Children's Hour production. Uh, that was in 1974. A few of our broadcasts, uh, Danville, PA, uh, and North Pole, Alaska. Here we were breaking ground for our first building, or our next building in Harrisonville, and that's what it looks like currently today. Some printing and literature, shipping distribution there and those with uh, some portable radios and other countries. There's uh, two other staff along tonight, uh, Arlen Horst and uh, J.R. Weaver. They'll also be having parts of the program, and J.R. is going to have a devotional right now and talk a little bit about our hope wraps. Good evening. We greet you in Jesus' name tonight. Welcome, thanks for coming to the Heralds of Hope presentation to give you more information to what has taken place since our beginning in 1967. I don't remember Jay Otis Schroeder well, but I do remember sitting alongside him in a vehicle ride, and I was always fascinated by his initials, J-O-Y. I always liked that. I like joyous people. And I think that's still the same today. I enjoy meeting people and uh, introducing them to some new things. For devotions, let's turn to John 17. John 17, the focus for the night's devotions is, hath God said? I'm sure that you'll recall where that statement was given in the Bible, in the Old Testament, there in Genesis chapter two, when God spoke to Adam, and said, you can eat of every tree in the Garden of Eden except the one that I say no. And just a few verses later, Satan through the serpent said to Eve, hath God said, 
I'd like you to remember that tonight because the challenge is right in front of us today that is the Bible what it says it is? Is the Bible true? And we have heralds of hope because the Bible is true, because it's foundational. It is eternal. It will never change. Reading for verse 1 of John 10, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and robber. But he that entered in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and he leadeth them out. Verse 4, And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then Jesus said unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall get it out and find pasture. The thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catches them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. The focus from this from these 14 verses is when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and also I am the door. The Bible is real tonight, and there should be no questions in our mind whether God's word is real. And that's what inspires heralds of hope to keep on teaching and training around the world, especially overseas with the, with the gospel in print, by the way of Bible, and by way of radio. When Satan said to Eve, hath God said, he was challenging the authority of God in that time. Just imagine that. People haven't changed. The authority of the Bible is still being challenged today. In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Satan is the master deceiver, and he is trying to make inroads in churches, in families, to destroy God's program. Let's not forget that. When God said, in the beginning of time, you may do this, and if you don't, there, there's consequences ahead, the word is still the same. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. When you hear of teaching and training that you can be on the way to heaven without Jesus, be careful. It is incorrect. It's not true. Remember, hath God said, 
The Bible is true today. What do you believe? What do you believe tonight? Don't question the authority of the Bible. Jesus said, I am the door, I am the shepherd, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Let's remember that. Remember not to say, is the Bible true today? Ask God for help to overcome those temptations. Satan is real because you know his time is short. It's much shorter than it was 6,000 years ago. Even yesterday, it is shorter because Jesus is coming. Let's be ready. We don't need to ask the question, is Jesus coming back? We know that. Jesus said, I will come again. In the same way that I left, I will return. My wife and I had the opportunity to be in Kentucky just recently at the Ark Encounter. And even though the founder may have a different direction than what we can endorse as Anabaptist, but I believe the message is being sent to people that would not, uh, would, wouldn't come to knowledge or any other way because it is fascinating to see that ark in its original size. I'm sure that many of you may have been there, and if not, make it a plan to be there. It was fascinating to be in a public building where there's Bible verses almost in every hallway, in every room. And there are times that I almost had to stand still and cry just to think of that. The Bible is being taught. We as Christians believe that God is real, so is Satan. And God says, my word is sharper than any two-edged sword, and it can pierce even into the hearts of men. That's why we are heralding hope tonight, because the Bible is real. It will never change. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you that you are real tonight. Help us as followers and believers not to question the authority of your word. You have given it many, many years ago, and it still stands today. Thank you that we can claim those promises. We can accept the way of salvation. Help us to encourage others to make that commitment and say, yes, Lord, I believe. Thank you for our group here tonight. I pray for your presence. Help us to be encouraged to be the people you want us to be right here in our hometown, that we can learn ways to share the gospel around the world. Thank you that you're real. We ask this in your name. Amen. As Austin had said, my name is J.R. Weaver. There's some folks, some of my friends at my own home church, Lichty's Mennonite Church, that forget my first name. It's Irvin Weaver Jr. But I've been going by J.R. since I was so tall, or so this way. So it, I like that. Many times at our reunions, they'll say Junior, and that's okay. That's all right. That uh, that, that fits in. I'm called a HOPE representative, H-O-P-E, which means helping other people engage. I do visit churches, schools, and other organizations to introduce the Heralds of Hope program. Tonight, it's good to have three representatives. Many times it's only uh, two or sometimes myself alone. Uh, but we do have a, a wonderful program and sharing what Heralds of Hope is doing, letting people know how they can become involved in helping the, the program continue. It is fascinating to me that people around the world can purchase a little transistor radio, whatever size it may be, 
for a reasonable cost. And here, the Word of God being taught. Praise God for that. I'm excited to be a HOPE representative and will continue on as uh, long as the Lord gives me breath. So thank you for listening and uh, continue listening as we uh, continue with our program. Thanks, JR, for reminding us of the truth of God's word and that it does not change. It has the answers for us today. One of the things that I wanted to mention when I was talking a little about the ministry of Heralds of Hope, uh, some quotes from our Bible teacher, J. Mark Horst. Uh, he says, we believe that God is a source of all truth, and he's talking to us. We focus here at Heralds of Hope on teaching the Bible exegetically, where that means the text determines the subject being taught. Many errors of interpretation happen when we take verses out of their context. And as you all know, you can make the Bible say whatever you want it to if you don't follow the context that the verses are in. As uh, JR mentioned, uh, He's one of our HOPE representatives, and they've been a huge blessing to Heralds of HOPE. Uh, the administration team is made up of all pastors except myself, and as you know, pastors uh, are very busy, and they can only be away from their church so often uh, to do programs. And so uh, initiative is uh, our HOPE representatives where individuals will do programs on Heralds of Hope's behalf and represent us. And we have five representatives, uh, several from Pennsylvania, one from Ontario and Indiana. And if you know of someone else uh, that would be interested in that, uh, volunteering uh, to represent Heralds of Hope, let us know, we'd love to talk to them. So what if you could do mission work from where you are in places you possibly can't go in a language that you can't speak using technology that you don't know? We're uh, doing that uh, through radio broadcasting. That's one of our programs that I'll be talking about tonight. And with our radio broadcasting, we have two different uh, programs. One is called our Voice of Hope, and it's designed for a domestic U.S. audience. And we have Voice of Hope, I'm sorry, Hope for Today, which is our international broadcast, where we try to take some of the idioms that we're familiar with and language that other cultures might not be familiar with and, and make it a little more simple that they can understand. You might be thinking, why, why radio? Uh, one reason we use radio is in other countries, it's still one of the primary means of communication where people get news from the outside world. Uh, the other thing is, the internet can be censored, where radio is very difficult to censor and, and, and jam the signal. So we're able to broadcast in places uh, like North Korea, 
where we don't hear any responses from those broadcasts because of the security, but our signal goes in there and uh, we trust that God's using that. We are working on some other initiatives with using different types of media. We're exploring some different channels, uh, especially in more developed countries. Radio is kind of tailing off in popularity. Uh, it's more social media or podcasting platforms. So we're experimenting with getting onto some of those uh, channels as well. So you might be wondering, well, how does this work? How does the Bible teacher, you know, produce the programs? How do they get broadcast in other countries? So our Bible teacher, J. Mark Horse, he studies God's word each week, and he produces the program and the manuscript that goes with the audio file. Uh, we have a recording studio where uh, he does the recording. And then that gets uploaded to uh, different uh, servers and, and uh, outlets throughout uh, the world where we work with different partners. And they will translate and produce a new audio file in that language. And then the, the radio stations will air it. Um, so one of our first broadcasts internationally was Arabic. And so they would get that audio file in English and translate it into, into Arabic. We're thankful for our many partners because we certainly couldn't do it. Uh, and they are doing a lot of that work for us on the ground. The other piece that they do is audience relations, where when people hear that broadcast, they might call in to the radio station and say, I want to know more. Uh, maybe they'll write the radio station. And so they'll do follow-up with those people and uh, maybe give them a Bible if they're searching. So there's a lot of work that happens after the broadcast goes out in connecting with people. And you'll hear a little more about this later, uh, but we uh, see ourselves as a tool for churches uh, to use. Uh, maybe you know of a missionary on the ground uh, that could use uh, this as a way to connect and bring in people. At this time, I'm going to uh, turn it over to Arlen. He's going to talk about our second program that we have at Heralds of Hope, which is Bible distribution. Good evening. It is good to be here. And as Austin mentioned, my name is Arlen, and I come to you from Reading. I'm married to a wonderful lady named Linda. She is not here. We had a fellowship meal after church today, and uh, we're there a bunch of the afternoon, and the kids weren't too excited about going to church again. Uh, but two children, Rosalind is nine, Jalen is seven, so younger, young, young family. And I started with Heralds of Hope a little over two years ago after teaching at Fairview School in Reading. So maybe you know about Fairview and Reading, but I uh, spent many years there and uh, enjoy it and still live there, work from Reading remotely, like Austin works remotely. And so Austin shared about the Bible teaching that we broadcast via radio. 
which is the main thing that Heralds of Hope does, along with Bible distribution. So there's those two things that we are heavily involved in and put takes up a lot of our time and energy. Uh, but I want you to think about two questions. In the last five years, who or what has impacted your spiritual life the most? That's the first question. Then, you know, a little more recently, instead of five years, go the last five months. What or who has impacted you spiritually the most? And if I would give you all time to answer that, I bet we would hear about books, uh, podcasts maybe, some video you watch, some preacher you heard in person, some Sunday morning service, some Sunday school teacher. There's many means and things that we have speaking into our lives, which is good. But I'm also guessing that on everybody's list of, your, of those things would be this book. If you remove this book, where would our spiritual lives be? We are fed by this book. We are encouraged, and it's just a part of our lives, which is good, and we are thankful for it. And so when, we, when I think about the Bible and what it means to me, like, I, I want to help other people get it. And that's, that's the basis for the Bible distribution part of it. As I understand, years ago, uh, when Jehuda started the ministry, he would tell people to turn to their Bibles and then read the passage. And then people started writing the station and saying, oh, we don't have a Bible. Can you help us with a Bible? And that's how this part of Heralds of Hope was born, because we wanted to help people get the Bible. Uh, in, in, the, in the Bible, we recognize that this is the word of God, right? This is not something uh, that is expired. It's God's word, and God continually, continually speaks through it. He gave the word once, back then, when the people wrote it down. Yes, we understand that. But it's not done speaking. Uh, Jesus said, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. God's voice is a powerful force that we need to reckon with. He is speaking through his creation. He's speaking through his people. He's speaking through this book. Yet, everyone hears that voice. I would say everybody on the earth hears the voice of God. It's his children that hear that voice and worship him. When his children see that beautiful sunset, they worship God. When we see oh, the joy of holding a newborn, it causes us to worship. However, if we're not his children, we have naturalistic explanations. Uh, you know, it's, it would thundered or whatever it is. It's just, you know, they can explain it naturally and it's not God. Or they just ignore it. Uh, just don't want to hear it and just, you know, walk away from God's voice. But God is continuing to speak in his world. And, you know, through this book is a powerful tool that God uses to bring people to him and instruct his people. And so with the Bible distribution part of Heralds of Hope, we could not do it without many people's support. And, you know, we, the people at Heralds of Hope now, are living on the generations, the people before us that made lots of connections. And it's humbling to see the people that support Heralds of Hope through for Bible distribution or radio from all over the United States, like people we don't know, but they know about Heralds of Hope through the people that were here before us. In our Bible distribution, 
we have two ways that we distribute Bibles. One of them, I would say, we buy them in the country, and another one is where we print them. And in 2023, I would say we've seen the best and the worst of Bible distribution. Uh, here is a chart that shows the Bibles that we purchased. And these are purchased from the Bible societies or bookstores in the countries. And there, there, there are probably a few other countries that we purchase Bibles in, but they're not up there because they're just, the numbers are lower. And I mentioned we've seen the best and the worst of Bible distribution. And I say the worst because in Zambia, uh, in 2023, we thought we distributed around 15,000 Bibles. But as it turns out, uh, we're not sure exactly how many that number is, but we're sure it's not that high. Why? Well, so in about three months ago, uh, we, we were working with people in Zambia, and we told them we would like to come visit them and see them, meet them in person, and see some of the work that they're doing. And as those converse, we had those conversations via email, they had all kinds of excuses of why we can't come because, oh, the roads aren't fit. You won't be able to get here. Or it's rainy season or there's malaria here and you know people get malaria and they die. And we're like, wait, that's, that's unusual. Usually they welcome us to come. And so what we thought we were doing was buying, from, buying Bibles from a bookstore and then they would give them to the pastors who had contacted us via email. And so the pastors then would send us pictures and testimonies of these people with Bibles. And that was enough to convince us that, oh, this must be working. But as it, as it works now, after we were there, we, couldn't, we didn't find a bookstore. We were in Zambia in, uh, end of, in September there. And we didn't, we didn't see any hide or tail of a bookstore. And... The people that we met in Zambia uh, and that kind of were tour, toured us, showing us around, told us that they think it's all a big scam and that you know, they, were, they were working together with the pastors that emailed us. And so we don't know exactly what happened or you know, all, like where did, did they buy some Bibles to keep the gig going? We don't know. Um, but that, that, that is definitely a letdown for us and disappointing and shocking and all those things. And then, uh, so that, that's the worst, and it's not all bad, thankfully. Uh, here's, here's some of the, the good sides, the good things of Bible distribution. Um, these are the Bibles we printed and the countries that they were delivered to. And that's, that's what I want to share about a few of these countries. Uh, when we went to Zambia in September, we also went to Kenya. In, uh, and there... The Swahili Bibles are, are just shipped to Kenya. We missed it by about a week. We were there, and we left, and then a week later, the Bibles came. But while we were there, they had a pastor's, they arranged a meeting for the pastors who had received Bibles from Heralds of Hope in the past. And this, is, this was that meeting at Pastor Joe Omundi's church. And as we were there, I have a few pictures of this, I believe. As we were there, he asked for the leaders to share testimonies about you know, what they have done with the Bibles and how they've shared them. And it was encouraging for us to hear that in person. The one, the one gentleman, he got up and spoke about how he takes the Bibles and ships them to a town in northeast Kenya, which is up close to Somalia. 
which is very Muslim, like the Muslim influence is kind of sweeping from the east side of Africa, across Africa. And he ships the Bibles via postal because he doesn't want to be caught with the Bibles on his person because he knows that if he's caught, they're going to kill him. But he has them shipped to the post office, then he goes up there, gets them from the post office, and delivers it to the people, the church people connections that he has in that town. And yeah, for us, it was encouraging to hear that in person with these uh, pastors in Kenya. Uh, the other encouraging one that we enjoy hearing stories from is Malawi. This is the Chichewa, these are Chichewa Bibles in Malawi. And this group of men here, as you can see, the, um, I think it's mostly men, and they have more than one Bible. They have four or five each. And this is a pastor's fellowship, or pastor's fraternity, they call it in Malawi, where the pastors in a certain area, cross-denominational, they work together like a network of sorts and uh, for encouragement, for resources. And when we were in Malawi two years ago, we learned about these fraternities and decided to do our Bible distribution via the fraternities instead of uh, beforehand, it was like individually. Each pastor would email us. Then uh, this was uh, when Bob Kaufman was at their Hope of Hope. Then Bob would have the conversation with each individual pastor and tell them to go get Bibles from where our Bibles were stored. But now, instead of having 40 different conversations, we have one conversation with the fraternity chairman and tell, tell him that he can go get 200 or 300 Bibles, depending on the size, and then he gives it to the leaders in the fraternity. So it, has a, it feels much more efficient that way, and we've been blessed to hear the results of uh, what has been happening with the Bible distribution in Malawi. This is another picture, uh, similar, similar thing going on. And when we, when we hear about Bibles being handed out, it doesn't mean much to us because Bibles are relatively cheap and easy to come by. But that's not the case everywhere in the world. In Malawi, when we were there, we figured it out. And other countries, it varies, we understand, but it's similar. Uh, their average wage is, wage is 2 or $3 a day, and a Bible costs $15. And so if you break it down, if they would work for two weeks, they could afford a Bible. If they didn't buy any food and spend any other money, after two weeks, they could pay for a Bible. You do the math here. If you work for two weeks, don't spend it on anything else, what could you buy? And so, you know, it's kind of like handing out iPhones or handing out phones, like the value, two weeks worth of work. And so they're very appreciative of it. Um, and yeah, we, we were able to print the Bibles and get them in the country uh, for around $5. But when they buy it from the Bible Society in Malawi, I think it's around 15 And I'm, I don't understand all the reasons for that. Uh, but we were... Uh, we were glad to see that, well, this, uh, back to this chart with uh, the Chichewa Bibles there, the container just arrived about two months ago, and so now we, we have started on this one. These pictures are from the, the delivery that we had earlier this year. Uh, so those are, the, those are the good stories, exciting stories. We, were, we wish they were all that way. Unfortunately, it hasn't been that way in 2023. Um, but, you know, God's word is going forth, and, you know, we, he, he can use that to bring people into deeper relationship with him, like it happens in our lives. A second thing I want to reference and talk about is the Adopt-A-Broadcast. 
And there's flyers like that back on the table if you're interested. And, uh, but, but what this is, is uh, at the beginning, Austin mentioned that we have a goal of 200 languages by 2031 and, 100, uh, and a million Bibles. The million Bibles, 100,000 Bibles a year, that feels doable. 200 languages by, 2020, by 2031, we're not sure how we're going to do that yet. <laughs> uh, here's the languages that we have so far. And I think we're at 26. So we got a long ways to go. We're well aware of that. Uh, but with this broadcast adoption, it kind of represents a little bit of a shift for Heralds of Hope. Instead of Heralds of Hope being that organization that people send money to, and support them as they do radio broadcasting. We are hoping that the Adopt the Broadcast, we can get the word out and churches, individuals, businesses, will see this as a tool to engage the part of the world that God is calling them to. Uh, if God is calling, you know, has laid a certain area of the world on this church's heart, we would hope that we would like to come alongside them and use a broadcast to that area of the world to make connections and to hear where the people are hungry. Um, and yeah, we, we, we're trusting God for you know, a lot more of this. But as we have the hope reps and we're hoping we can get the word out uh, into more uh, areas and communities and people can get excited about it. Uh, we believe that you know, the church has what the world needs. Like, we have what is so needed everywhere. Uh, sometimes we're not sure how to get it there, uh, but if the radio or if the radio broadcast can be a tool for Weavertown to engage a certain part of the world, that would be great. We would love to see that. So, these are the languages that are currently adopted. And it has been encouraging to have some of these interactions and interact with the churches and individuals or people that have uh, adopted the broadcasts. A few things about these broadcasts. Uh, so the Korean one up there, that's the one Austin mentioned earlier about North Korea. And that's a shortwave broadcast. And I think it's broadcast from, well, actually, we're doing two of them. It's broad, one is broadcast from Tajikistan, and the other is from the island of Guam. And the time that they do those broadcasts is is to me it was odd. It was like 12 o'clock to 4 o'clock. But they say that's the time that people in North Korea listen to the radio. If, if they listen at all, they'll, during the middle of the night, they hide under their bed and, you know, listen to some radio. And we haven't heard direct feedback from our program. But we have, like uh, a couple years ago, the Voice of the Martyrs had the stories in there about Koreans that would talk about listening to shortwave radios under their beds, and you know, there's a death penalty if you're caught with a radio. Uh, another encouraging one is the Nepali broadcast. that uh, was recently adopted by a church in out west, and as they adopted it, they were, they were looking for other ways to engage with Nepal. And they connected with MTM, Macedonian Teaching Ministries, and they're actually going over here soon. One, uh, two of their leaders are going over to teach uh, Bible school with MTM. And that's what we hope can happen. Like, the broadcast isn't the end of, like, end all. The broadcast is just the first step in engaging that part of the world. And uh, we, were, we were excited to hear about this church that adopted Nepali, and now their leaders are going to teach 
uh, I think it's a pastor's conference with uh, Steve Burkholder from MTM. And so, and that part of it, that part of it feels bigger than Heralds of Hope. So the radio broadcast being the first thing maybe, or being a tool to engage that part of the world, well, what's next? Well, how else can we do, uh, engage these people? That, ask God, like he's big enough to show you, and he will guide that, we trust him for that. We just hope that uh, with this, it can be a way for God to connect our resources with the part of the world that need him and need, need help. The one at the bottom there, TWR 360, that is actually a website uh, that's Transworld Radio, and they put up many of these broadcasts that they translate so that they're there digitally for anybody, anytime, to go online and see them. And we, we have it as a broadcast because, you know, to us, it feels like it's, a, it's not a radio broadcast, but it's a place where people can access our teaching. So I think I'm going to, with that, I'm going to turn it back to Austin. He'll uh, make a few closing comments and uh, wrap it up. I think there will be a time of questions at the end. So if there's something you have questions about, let us know then. Thanks, Arlen. Yeah, one of the things that he mentioned is there's some places like North Korea where we don't hear any responses. And then we have other uh, broadcasts where there's a lot of responses. Uh, so this year, uh, so far, we've had around 39,000 responses that we've got from all of our different programs through our different partners. And so we thank, thank the Lord for what he's doing. Uh, it's his, his work. I wanted to highlight a few things. Uh, when you came in, you got received a testimony booklet. Uh, there is more uh, about Heralds of Hope, our history, um, testimonies from some of those radio broadcasts and Bible distributions in there. So I'd encourage you to uh, look at that when you get time. Uh, we have a table in the back. Uh, there's a newsletter sign-up sheet if you're interested. We do print and email uh, newsletters. Also, if you uh, use the internet, uh, we, we have our uh, broadcast, our English broadcast there, where you can listen to it at any time. Um, you can also uh, call into our office. We have a, I should have wrote the number down, but we have a call-in line if you would prefer to listen by phone. Uh, we've actually found that we've been getting a lot of listeners from the Amish community and the, the, uh, those that wouldn't use internet. Uh, where they find it's easy to be able to just use the, the phone and dial in and uh, listen at their convenience. Uh, sometimes you're not always available to turn the radio on at the, the time that the broadcast is happening. We also have a weekly sermon email that you can sign up for where you'll just get a reminder every week uh, with an email and a link to our latest episode that you can play right from your phone. Um, also, if you would be interested in adopting a broadcast, whether uh, we have churches that decide they're interested in an area, sometimes it's a couple businessmen that might go together. Uh, some of our broadcasts 
are more costly. Uh, other ones are, are more, um, yeah, not, not a lot of money there on, on some of those. And so depending if you're an individual that would be interested or, or partnering with a couple individuals, uh, we have different ways in which you can, can adopt a broadcast. Also, I, at this time, I'll just open it up if there's any questions. I started with Heralds of Hope in January, so I'm, I'm kind of the new guy. So between the three of us, we'll, we'll try to, to answer questions. Arlen's been with Heralds of Hope uh, the longest. And uh, yeah, maybe you've, as you've been sitting here tonight, there's something that came to your mind that you would, would like to ask. Yeah, so we, we partner uh, pretty heavily with Transworld Radio. They're the uh, largest religious broadcaster in the world, I believe, and they have a lot of different resources. Uh, so they'll, they work in a lot of different areas, and so they will pay people, uh, natives in that area, to translate uh, our program from English into the target language. One of the things that's important with translating is that the person lives pretty close in that area. Uh, we've already talked to people that have moved to other countries. So, you know, you might have someone from Tajikistan that moves to Canada, and you think, well, we could get them to uh, translate our program. But as soon as you move to a different part of the world, your accent starts to change. And so the, the people on the ground can soon pick up that this person doesn't sound like they're quite from this area. So uh, we try to find people, our partners find people that uh, can do that translation work uh, that live in that area. And it also provides a stream of revenue for them uh, to do that translation work. Sure. So I think Telugu is one of our more expensive broadcasts that comes in around 21000 a year. Uh, the other thing is a lot of our broadcasts are, are done where they're aired twice a week. And uh, Hope for Today is a 15-minute uh, program aired twice a week, although we do have a few languages where we will air five days a week. And so, of course, the more you're on the radio, the more it costs. Uh, some of our less expensive languages would maybe run around two, three thousand dollars. So there's quite a, a quite a range there, depending on what it takes to to get that that broadcast on the air. That was per year. Mm -hmm. So the Voice of Hope is our uh, domestic U.S.-Canada broadcast. That's a 30 minutes, and our international Hope for Today is 15 minutes. Yeah, so he does uh, at least, the Voice of Hope is at least one a week, I believe. Is that right, Arlen? And then um, he'll often 
kind of batch together a couple of the international ones will release uh, maybe a, a month at a time or a couple weeks and send those to our partners. So yeah, his full-time job is uh, studying, preparing for those. Uh, other than he's part of the administration team, so he has some meetings, but that's his primary role is just uh, studying. And we usually just take a book of the Bible and work our way through it very methodically. Uh, we find that that way we can give the context to, to verses. And primarily, we would be maybe more of a discipleship ministry. Uh, people do come to know the Lord uh, through his word, uh, but we find that a lot of new believers or believers in other countries don't have access to the teaching and the resources that we take for granted, uh, where they have someone to explain it. You know, maybe a pastor becomes a pastor uh, with very little, little training and Sometimes the pastor is maybe the only one that has a Bible at the church. So we find that just uh, working our way through a book of the Bible uh, just helps those believers grow in their faith. Arlen, you probably have a better pulse on that part of the world. It's an AM broadcast in China. Yeah, you have broadcast AM. AM. So it covers a broad area. Over the whole country? Well, I don't think it's the whole country. I that was my question. How much? See, I was trying to think how far it goes. I could look. <laughs> I think it's significant because of the amount of people that are there. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> in the United States, it's Well, thank you for your time and attention. Uh, we'd love to talk to you after the program. Feel free to view the stand in the back. And thanks for having us. We appreciate your time. And let's just, uh, I guess I'll turn it over to uh, the moderator.